The night may be long and the dark may be deep, but the answers are there to be found. Whether it's the normal, the abnormal, or the paranormal, you're in the right place. Let's go beyond reality. Hope everybody's uh, had a great day and is ready for a great conversation. We'll be talking with Kim Chesney tonight. Kim is an intuition expert. She has a new book out called Radical Intuition. We're going to talk about what it means and how we can use it to our advantage. So be sure to subscribe to our channels. You know where they are, YouTube and Twitch. You can find them both by searching for JV Johnson. Very, very simple to find. And when you do find them, like I said, subscribe on YouTube. Twitch, you can follow. If there is a a, a propensity, we'd be happy for you to subscribe. That helps us a lot. Uh, but there is a fee associated with it, unless you link your Amazon Prime account to it. And then there's no fee because you're an Amazon Prime subscriber. And that helps us. What else can we talk about? I guess that's it. Uh, we've got a lot to talk about with our guest tonight, Kim Chesney. So we're going to go to break. And when we come back, we'll bring her in and we'll talk about her book, Radical Intuition. It's beyond reality. We'll be right back. Please support the program. Go to patreon.com slash Johaw. That's J-O-H-A-W. This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. We've got a great conversation ready for you tonight. We'll be talking with Kim Chesney. Kim is the author of of a new book that we're going to be talking about. It's called Radical Intuition. Kim, welcome to Beyond Reality. It's a real pleasure to have you with us tonight. Oh, thanks for having me, JV. I'm excited. I am too. Let's figure out what all of this means. What are we going to be talking about? What is Radical Intuition? Yeah, so Radical Intuition is kind of a reimagining of this idea of intuition. Because, you know, intuition is one of those words that we hear and we don't really know what it means. Like, is it a feeling or a knowing or a psychic experience. So this book really sets out to kind of give an overarching picture of intuition in all of its many manifestations in the world. Well, what is intuition then? I mean, when I hear the word intuition, I think, you know, gut feeling. Is mm-hmm. is is that what intuition is? Yeah, I mean, that's definitely part of it. Uh, and, and the thing is, intuition, if you really think about it at its core, what it is, it's our connection to all that is beyond um, you know, our current level of thinking. So, you know, this idea of going beyond is really a good theme for tonight because intuition is really what takes us beyond in every way in our life. Higher thinking, higher feeling, moving forward in our life, growing, evolving. Intuition is built to take us to a higher plane of existence and evolve into something more. And when we start talking about adding the word radical here, how does that change the word intuition. What's different between intuition as it stands and radical intuition? Yeah, and that's that's one of the biggest questions I get with this book. And I think, you know, we're trying to decide the title and how we were going to really, you know, create this kind of understanding, this reimagining of intuition. Um, you know, my background's in technology. I've worked for, you know, 20 years in technology. And my first book, The Psychic Workshop, came out like 15 years ago, and over the last 15 years, we've really seen intuition, you know, moving out of the fringes, coming more into the mainstream. You know, I work with a lot of tech companies, some of the most innovative companies on the planet, and I started hearing this word intuition all the time. And of course, you know, that to me, I've been obsessed with intuition my whole life, so this was super exciting. 
And, you know, I started putting these pieces together and interviewing people and talking with these super smart, genius people. And all of a sudden I realized, you know, intuition is not now something that just people who are interested in the occult or interested in spiritual awakenings are starting to explore. It's, it's everyone. It's taking us to this new frontier of innovation and technology and, you know, artificial intelligence and all of the things of the future that are really, really crucial about intuition. So it's really looking at intuition as something that's really the next phase of human development and evolution. I'm going to try to paraphrase what, how you defined it and tell me if I've got a handle on this. Okay. Is intuition that thing that connects us to this, and I, I don't know what word it is, the matrix or this, yes. this greater consciousness that we're all connected to, and in some way we're communicating to one another, and not just to each other, but to uh, the planet itself or the universe itself through this greater consciousness? Is that what intuition's about? Yeah, absolutely. That's a great analogy. And I also use the analogy of it like, you know, being the cloud, like in the cloud, that's a great metaphor because everything is stored, all this information, and our intuition is like that, has access to this sort of cloud of all of this matrix, eternal information of everything that's ever been done and will happen and has happened, is happening now. Your intuition is your connection to that information, even though your conscious mind doesn't know it, can't touch into it, but your intuition is built to know it. Something I saw on your website that caught my attention, and there's a lot of great information there, by the way. Uh, it's just Kim's name if, if our listeners are looking to go there, kimchesney.com. Um, but something I saw that caught my eye there was, was the phrase, the world is ready for a new kind of thinking. How does what we're talking about tonight apply to a new kind of thinking? Yeah, so, you know, we've all been conditioned for the last centuries, decades, all of our lives, really to think with this sort of rational, reasoning mind. And that was sort of the be-all and the end-all. That was sort of the litmus test for what was real. And all our lives, you know, we've probably been, you know, growing up, people have been telling us that intuition wasn't real or was just something for women or, you know, all of the ways that we've chosen to write off our intuition over the years. But the reality is intuition is really our secret weapon. It's our highest form of thinking. It's the most powerful form of thinking that we have, but we've been told that it doesn't exist. You know, I always say it's one of the biggest crimes against humanity that we've been taught we don't have intuition. We've been taught that the greatest power that we have within us isn't real. Um, so it's kind of been my personal mission to get out there and say, yes, it is real. This book is to show you it's real so you can practice it for yourself. Don't take it from me. Go out and try it and, and experience it for yourself, and, and, and then you'll see that, you know, there's so much more happening here, and we have all this potential that is yet to be unlocked. Isn't it amazing uh, uh, how many things that were conditioned out of believing, mm-hmm. whether it's in our childhood or as we become adults, you know, we're told that, you know, no, ghosts can't exist, right. despite the fact that so many people have these experiences, or we're, we're told, oh, no, you can't heal yourself, you need these pills to do it, mm-hmm. or, or whatever it happens to be, we are told not to believe things, therefore we put them into the recesses of our minds and very rarely, if ever, draw on these powers. Right, and that's, the, that's, that's huge, right? Because we, we're, we're, we come into this world as children and we have these experiences. And, and, you know, my own pathway into this work came through experiences with ghosts and metaphysical experiences and things that I couldn't explain because these things happened to me as a young person and I needed to understand them. I didn't think I was crazy. I didn't think I was making these things up. I really needed to know, you know, scientifically they were real and how it worked. And so, 
So, you know, part of that process is really, you know, trusting ourselves and learning to believe in ourselves and our own experiences over all these things that the world tells us. You uh, mentioned that some of the most successful people and some of the greatest thinkers, too, um, actually uh, talk about the fact or have spoken about the fact that intuition was a, a secret to their success and maybe their life. Yeah, yeah, and that's the thing a lot of people don't realize. When I was doing a lot of the research for this book, I was really, I made it my mission to kind of like dig up every single person ever that advocated for intuition, and you would be amazed at the people out there like Steve Jobs and Einstein and, you know, Marie Curie and, you know, of course, Joan of Arc and, and the Saints, and there are so many people throughout history that have done really extraordinary things, and they talk about how the reason they were able to do that was not because they went and got a Ph.D. or they figured out all the answers using algorithms. It's because they had these moments of genius. They had these epiphanies. They had these inspirations that came out of nowhere. And understanding that and opening up to that is really the secret to doing extraordinary things. You know, I need to focus on one of those names that you mentioned there, because I'm just curious about this connection. But you said Joan of Arc. Now, mm-hmm. Joan of Arc is obviously... Uh, infamous for having visions or claiming to have visions from God. Mm-hmm. Are we talking about those visions from God being her intuition, or are they two separate things? I think so. I mean, that's, that's my, my perspective on that situation, and I've always been really intrigued by her story as someone who's had an ability to use her intuition to connect with higher powers and, and receive that higher guidance. There's no way she could have known the things that she knew, and she just had this inner knowing that she was supposed to you know, lead these armies and do these things. And, you know, to me, that's all intuition. And, and so, go ahead. No, I'm like, it's just, a, it's a shame. It worked out for her for a while, but yeah. <laughs> shame how it all ended. Yeah, the end wasn't so good. Um, but does that mean that intuition has a spirituality component? Absolutely. And that's the thing, um, you know, when I talk in the book, I talk about four types of intuition. And, and you know, it's basically body, mind, heart, and spirit. So there's a real practical element of intuition. It can help us every day, making decisions, all that stuff, you know, and, you know, how we feel and the the way that, you know, we're called in life to serve. But above all of that, the most highest form of intuition is this connection we have to our source, to God. Paramahansa Yogananda said intuition is the soul's power of knowing God. It really is our connection, not just on a practical level to this information, but really to the source and to the interconnectivity we have with each other. Does everyone have this ability within them to access that we, this, this, this idea that we're calling intuition? Is it innate in everyone? Yes, yes, yes. Every single person that's ever walked on the face of the earth or will walk on the face of the earth has intuition, will have intuition. It is an innate part of every human being. And is it one of those things that we can actually work to improve or work to understand more fully and take better or more advantage of as we get better at understanding it? Absolutely, absolutely. I mean, I've, I've witnessed in my life, I've witnessed with, with thousands of students that we've worked through. Um, you know, I remember when I was starting my own intuitive journey like many, many years ago and you know, listening to talking with psychics and mediums, they're like, oh, everyone can develop this. And I was like, no, you have to be like somebody born with special powers or something. And, and then I realized quickly that, you know, pretty much any psychic that you talk to will tell you that it really is something that you learn. And you can have a propensity for it. You can be born with a talent for it or more open to it. But every single person can develop it. You just have to learn to pay attention to it and understand how it works. 
you mentioned psychic, and I know you you've worked. You wrote a book about uh, um, psychic powers, the psychic workshop. Um, is psychic ability another form of intuition? Is that what I'm understanding here? Yeah, yeah, and and there's and psychic ability is so interesting because you know, not only is it a form of intuition, but even uh, you know really profound spiritual thinkers like Yogananda and Sri Aurobindo have talked about you know psychic ability is really being the byproduct of our spiritual evolution our ability to get into that higher level of vibration and to raise up our awareness to a certain point that we have access to this superconscious information that really goes beyond our regular everyday consciousness. It's part of this growth and evolution that we're going through. So, yeah, I think it's very spiritual, and it's actually very a very normal part of being human. You said, I think, I think you said you've always been interested in intuition and its ability and its power. Yeah. Um, I'm sure at some point you either had an epiphany or you just you had an awareness uh, that this was such an important part of not just your life but everyone's life. Um, when did that happen for you, and how? Oh, that's such a good question. I mean, there were so many little um, things, little moments throughout my life that were really these key turning points that sort of started me on this path. Um, as a very young person, I grew up in a haunted house, so oh, wow. <laughs> that was my first take. Um, I had to figure that one out, and as a child growing up in a haunted house, I'm sure you know you've had some really interesting conversations about this on the show. So, um, so, so from a very young age, I was I, I realized that there was something else going on here, and um, and I had an interest, and I got this interest in learning more about it. And then I think the thing that really that really got me was when I was living in England. I was this is a great story. So. <laughs> I was in college, and um, I decided I was going to go with some friends to something that was called the Hall Fair. I don't know if you ever heard of that, but it's like the oldest traveling carnival in England, and I think it's been going on for like 400 years or 600, I don't know, maybe 800 years. It's like so long it's been going on, and they still do it now. And we went, and one night we, did, we decided we were going to talk to this gypsy, and her name was the granddaughter of Gypsy Rosalie, and she had this caravan with crystal balls, and we're like, oh, let's, let's go in here, and we went in, and I talked to this very nice woman. She didn't seem weird or creepy or anything. She was just really pretty and nice. And she sat down, and she started telling me all these things about myself. And, and I was like, okay. And then she said to me, she said, in 1994, this was back in, like, 1991, she said, I see you in a foreign courtroom, and you are going to, it's going to be stressful, but you're going to be doing a good service for humanity. And then we left, and we looked at each other. and was like, well, that was strangely specific. <laughs> Three years from now, it'll be a foreign courtroom, and sure enough, I'll never forget the day in 1993 when I went to my bail- mailbox, and I opened it, and I saw a jury summons. And as I stood in that room, and I can still remember exactly how that room looked, I had this knowing come over me, and I knew I was 100% sure that I was going to be on that jury. And it wasn't totally related to knowing that from her, because I don't know that I put the times together exactly at that moment. But it didn't take me long to figure out in 1994, sure enough, I, I got sequestered on a big federal jury, and it was like a big deal and stuff. But all of this stuff happened, and it was like, okay, so we can see in the future, it's possible. Hmm. You know what I mean? That moment, and you know, I had it written in my journal, I had like evidence, my friends watched me, it was like one of these crazy things, everybody who knew me, I was like, can you believe this? So how do we reconcile this? So that really put me on the path of acceptance and saying, okay, so if she can do that, why can't I do that? Why can't everybody do that? Because clearly it's possible. And I was pretty young when that was probably like 
20 years old at that point. And so it really got me set on this path of exploring this whole nature. And beyond that, I, you know, after that started happening, I really started to have a lot of really powerful intuitive experiences. Once you open up to it, more of it comes to you. What is the connection between intuition and synchronicity? I, I, they're very much connected. Um, so intuition is all about attention. So if you think about, you know, times when you hear people say, oh, I always look at the clock and it's 11-11. And it's not just a coincidence right. that you look there. It's because your attention's drawn that way. And intuition works from the inside out. It's just those little nudges. You don't even notice it. It comes to you as quickly as a thought, and it draws your attention to things. So it really, it really is a marker of the interconnectedness of all of our reality. And we're moved from the insides in ways that we don't even realize. So what might seem like a coincidence or synchronicity is really just you getting in touch with this moment from the inside. We're talking tonight with Kim Chesney. Kim's new book is called Radical Intuition. Kim, the book just came out, right? Just like yeah, last just week. Like last week, election day. Yeah, but days. talk about <laughs> all days to release a book. I mean, I'm glad something uh, good happened on that yeah. particular day. What a nightmare. Yeah. I know. Well, we were joking. We're like, oh, my gosh, this is like the worst day ever. But then I said, no, I really think this is a valuable punctuation point of this intuition revolution I keep talking about. So we really need to change and, you know, have a good thing moving forward. <laughs> and, again, um, the the website is kimchesney.com. You can get more information about all of Kim's work. So, Kim, I want to know a little bit more about this haunted house you grew up. I know it's a little <laughs> off to- topic, but, yeah. man, this, this sounds like it was kind of uh, some formative years there. Yeah, so it's funny because I was joking about, you know, some of my friends who grew up with me back then. I was like, oh, finally, you know, I get to go talk about this part of intuition that I don't usually talk about. But, I mean, it's really part of it. It's my roots and it's my core, and and I can't deny that. But, yeah, you know, I was born, okay, first of all, I'm born on Halloween, okay? This is like the the big joke in my life. I was born at 12-12 Halloween night, and my house was, my phone number at my house was 249-6669, and my house was haunted, <laughs> and everybody was like, what is going on? <laughs> so, um, you know, we, we, um, we never really figured out who, who was haunting it. Um, my little sister, when she was born, started to see the ghost. I would always hear, I like, would slam doors. Oh, wow. My, all my curtains, like my blinds in my room would go up. At the same, it was just like stuff to scare me, I think. And, I, and being sensitive, I just had this really bad feeling, and... We were the first people to live in this house, too. There was nobody else ever lived there. So um, what my sister was actually, when, my little, when she was little, she was two and three, and, you know, children can see these things. Sure. Um, she would always see someone, it was a man in um, army fatigues, a soldier. Oh, wow. So, uh, and we were, you know, we're kind of in your area. We're in Pennsylvania um, by a river. So, you know, my thinking was it was probably something from, a battle with the Indians or Civil War or um, Revolutionary War or something in that area that uh, that was residual from that. Did um, did you ever get any information about the area later on in life that may have explained it in a little more detail? No, I, it's a mystery to this day. You know, I the the only thing the only thing that I could think of was that um, you know we had a family member who passed. Who was a who was in the war, and um, you know through through my the course of my spiritual awakening, there was some 
uh, potential connections with that person mm-hmm. and revealing some secrets in my life that, uh, that, you know, when you have secrets, that's the thing, when you get really talk about this ghost stuff, secrets and all that buried energy that's not expressed, like it's with intuition or anything else, it's going to come out in one way or the other. So, you know, ghosts don't like secrets. Like, we, our souls don't like secrets. And I think that, you know, that when you kind of push things down, you create these situations of buildup of energy that can be problematic. Do you mind me asking where in the country this haunted house was that you lived in? Um, it was actually, yeah, it was in Carlisle, Pennsylvania. Oh, wow. And if you know anything about Carlisle, it's, there's a war college there. And, um, you know, it's very close. It's not far from Gettysburg. And, you know, it's a colonial town. It's a lovely town. Um, and it was right by the Conne de Gwinnett Creek. Um, so, so, yeah, so I would love, if anybody out there knows any information about that area, I, I would always be open to it because there was certainly something going on there. And, um, you know, some things still remain a mystery. Well, I, I love the Gettysburg area. I know where Carlisle is. Um, I, I, and I know another bit of an anecdote here that when I have people on this program, I'll frequently ask them if they're, you know, if they're, their, their discipline is ghost hunting or paranormal investigating. I'll say, how did you get your start? And very often the answer starts with, well, I was in Gettysburg once. <laughs> yeah. You know? I've been to Gettysburg many times. I yeah. can't believe it. There's a tremendous amount of energy there. And I'm sure it's not you know isolated to the, to the uh, yep. city limits or village limits of Gettysburg. It extends into that whole whole region. Yep. It's a gorgeous region with a lot of, a lot of energy. So I can certainly understand that. Absolutely. A lot of history, a lot of energy. And, you know, again, Gettysburg, too, like you did. And Carlos a lot like that, too. It kind of has that kind of feel to it, that kind of spooky feel that you yeah. get when you're, you know. Yeah. Um, you, you've connected some dots here for us. We're talking about intuition, but we've connected it a bit to synchronicity. We've connected it a bit to psychic energy. We've connected it to this this uh, uh, greater consciousness that we all, we've talked about. Um, and you just mentioned something else. Communicating with the other side, mm-hmm. first of all, do you have that ability, as a, which we would call mediumship? And secondly, is it related to intuition? Or again, is that something different? So, really great question. Really good question. And, um, you know, my gateway, you know, like I, as you can imagine from my story, my gateway, uh, when all this stuff was happening to me, I, you know, I had to make sure I wasn't going crazy. So I went out into the world and I, like, found everyone I could to try and make sense of what was happening to me, like priests and philosophers and scientists and psychologists and a lot of mediums. So I, I became friends with some really, really wonderful um, mediums, and I went through mediumship training. And, yeah, you know, in my young days I did a lot of that. You know, But I also realized, being you know, a very sensitive person, that that's something you have to be really careful with. Like, it's not something for everyone. It's not, you, I really, really don't recommend, especially when I talk with students, because a lot of my students are into this and are really yeah. into, like, you know, you know, knowing their spiritual family and all this stuff. But you have to be really careful and make sure you're in a really high vibration place. And I know this from personal experience, <laughs> that you, because otherwise you can, you can get yourself into ruts with your intuition, and it can be kind of scary. So, it's definitely intuition. It's, we, have, we all have the ability to communicate with each other when we're in bodies or beyond bodies. It's just a matter of energy frequency and, you know, having that intention. Well, so, I, I, it makes sense given, you know, we're, we're talking kind of all things metaphysical here, and they all relate to one another. They all connect. And again, it's that greater consciousness that everything taps into. It's right. the energy source for all of this. So it makes sense that, you know, it's all related. Absolutely is. 
Talk about how. Uh, well, let's 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 give an example. Uh, if I give give an example of somebody walking through their day, uh, a normal day, who isn't aware of this this information about intuition, what would happen to that person that they wouldn't recognize it's their intuition in action, um, but they would, you know, they would have this experience anyway, and they would act on it or whatever, um, but they just didn't know what it was. Give us an example of, of something like that. Well, there's a really good story in, in the book from a friend of mine named Jessica. Who, uh, she was a yoga teacher, is a yoga teacher, who lives in Washington, D.C., and she's told me this is one of the most profound intuition stories that, I, that I've come across. Um, so she was walking home one night after a shift as a barista when she was younger, uh, down in uh, DuPont Circle area. And um, the way I understand it is, you know, she kind of had this weird feeling. She just wasn't sure. She just kind of didn't feel right. She was walking home alone. It was like midnight. And she, she was, just didn't feel safe. And she noticed up ahead that there, up at the, one of the closing restaurants, there was a police car just sitting up there. And she had the thought just popped into her mind. So I should just go up there and ask them to take me home so I don't have to walk home alone. But then she, like, kind of talked herself out of it. She's like, that's crazy. That's, what am I thinking? That's stupid. So she kept walking, and a few minutes later, she noticed that there was a man following her. And she started thinking, okay, so now she's really going to, like, a head trip, and she's, like, wrestling with all these thoughts, and she's thinking, okay, so, so I'm, I'm fine. The universe will take care of me. I, I know kickboxing. I'll be good if he does anything. And she just kept walking and instead of going and getting a ride home with this, this police officer. And sure enough, um, she turned a corner, and the man came up behind her and attacked her. Ooh. Yeah. And it was a pretty violent attack, and she was very lucky that a neighbor heard her and came out and intervened because, you know, she, she could have lost her life. Like, it was, sure. it, was, it was bad. And, you know, she said to me, she's like, Kim, she's like, you know, there's two really important things I learned from this experience, you know, other than that, intuition actually can save your life, was that we always say, oh, the universe is looking out for me. The universe will protect me. But what she didn't realize is that the universe was already doing that with her intuition. So that little nudge, that little idea that pops into your head, you say, oh, I'll be fine. The universe is protecting me. But it was already protecting you. It was telling you to get in that car. Yeah. <laughs> you know, go to the police. That's what your intuition is telling you. So really listening to those first little insights and trusting them and not letting your mind talk you out of them can be really powerful. But the other thing that's really important to note about this story is if she had listened to her intuition, if she had gone out and gotten in that car and the police officer took her home and everything was fine, she would have never realized. Never known, right. Right? So you, so you don't get that validation all the time. You think, well, I was probably crazy. I just made this police officer drive me home. But the reality was... She just listened to her intuition and really saved herself a lot of pain. All right, let me ask this, and maybe there's no answer to this, um, but pick, but using your friend's story as an example, let's say that a, another person is ha- having the exact same scenario uh, and they're walking by, but they don't get that intuition right. intervention to tell them to get into the police car or to go home with the police or whatever. They keep walking. Why will some people get it and others not? Great question. I love that you use the term intuition intervention because I had a whole thing around that because it's kind of what it is. Your intuition comes in and intervenes for you and <laughs> takes over. Um, so the, 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 the trick with this whole situation with intuition is being open to it, right? So this is, it, intuition wants to speak to everybody. It wants, it's, it's not like only certain people have the ability to draw this information down. It's there for all of us at all times. But here's the trick. It can't get through 
if our minds are busy and racing or doing yeah. things, if we're on the phone, if we're checking this, doing that, worrying about this, stressing over this, then our intuition can't come through. So, so it's really important to create some space and some calm and some quiet. So luckily, you know, she was walking and probably in a kind of a relaxed state of mind and wasn't really thinking about a lot of stuff. So she was lucky at that moment that it did come through. But if she had been walking and been like on the phone, you know, or checking her texts and not being present or conscious, she probably never would have gotten that. And then in that case, well, there's no story. You know, it just, yeah. it just ends with um, something not good. You brought up something uh, that is a reality for almost everybody. You said, you know, on being on your phones, obviously technology and the digital world is consuming more and more, not just of our time, but of our but of our attention. What is that doing to things that are uh, more innate and more part of our inner selves? Is it is it blocking them out? Is it drowning them out? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. JD, I mean, that you really hit the nail on the head with this, that. We need intuition now more than ever just for that reason, because we've become so mind-dominated. It's such a massive imbalance in the way that we're living. We are just so caught up in our overthinking and, and critical thinking and obsession with technology and information that we're addicted to this, and we've neglected this other part of ourselves that's here who's so rich with all of this guidance and wisdom so, so part of this whole intuition revolution that I keep talking about is rebalancing the way we think, rebalancing the two sides of our brain. Like intuition to me is, is, is the complement to intellect. You know, we spent 20 years going to school to be really smart, you know, but we don't spend any time going to school to learn how to use our intuition. So I think this rebalancing, learning to listen to that side of our mind and listening to follow the feeling, the sensitive side of, of our brains and our higher information is so critical right now at this moment in time, if how we're going to cope with all of this data and technology that surrounds us. Another thing that you say, um, and it's an amazing phrase when we dig into it, and you're going to explain it to us, is to be true to yourself is the most revolutionary act. Explain what you mean by that. I think I know, but tell us. Yeah, you know, so I posted that. So I've been having trouble posting things on Facebook because they keep suppressing everything because I think <laughs> I'm a part of, like, the, I don't even know. Um, I'm flagged as political. But oh, boy. Before I slipped through with that post, I, I did, a, like, a little infographic with that, and I slipped through and I got it in, and it went viral. It was the first thing I ever had with this book that went viral. And people were sharing it and liking it, like, all over the place, and I was like, yay, I, you know, I've hit a nerve. I've, I, I, have, I know that this is important to people right now because – this idea of being true to ourselves is something that, you know, it is so revolutionary because we are, again, back to this conditioning. We're conditioned to not be that. We're conditioned to be true to everyone else around us, our society, our culture, our norms, what everyone else thinks we should do. So really to honor that inner voice and, and to be, being true to yourself means following your intuition. It means listening to what your intuition says and guides you and knows about you because your intuition knows everything and really having the courage to be who we are and stand for who we are and and own that you know that's a revolution do these ideas span cultures and do they span religions as well yes absolutely it's not for any singular religion any singular culture it, i mean it, it it applies to everyone you, we can put different labels on it you know, depending on what your background is, you know, and in the East, they're much more open to intuition. It's, 
Um, it's been more a part of their culture than we are here, so there's a, there's a few less hurdles to get over um, in that regard. But whatever religion you have, whatever philosophy of life you have, intuition can be built right into that. And you did mention some of these Eastern uh, religions or these Eastern philosophies. How are they more connected to not just intuition, but things that seem to be more innate and seem to be more uh, metaphysical, but but self-spiritual? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I really think that, you know, the Eastern religions and Eastern cultures have really had a much more introspective focus over the decades and centuries and really in their underlying core philosophies. It's been putting the inner world first, putting our spiritual world first. Um, whereas in the West, you know, we are materialistic, and the outer world is such a huge part of our lives and a huge part of how we define ourselves. So I think for us here, it's a bigger shift. It's, you know, working with, you know, people in India and different people that I've studied closely with, it's not a huge departure at all to go to intuition. In fact, it's very normal to, you know, talk about things like even astrology and intuition and things like that, when here we kind of have to go over that hurdle of social conditioning. Social conditioning, again, that brings us back to this idea we talked about earlier, where we're taught to not believe things, and we're taught to ignore some of the most important parts of ourself. Mm-hmm. Um, you you talk about humanity actually evolving here and, and, and rising to a greater consciousness. Is that truly possible, given how much of these things are were kind of taught to disregard? I mean, I believe it is. I believe really strongly it is. I feel very passionately about that. Um, and, you know, and it applies in so many levels. I really think that, you know, in terms of everything even that's going on today in the world, and it's so much chaos and pain, but... To me, these are growing pains. These are things that are opening up, showing us where our pain points are and the things that we have to deal with if we're going to grow and evolve and become better as a society. And ultimately, you know, with that comes like opening our minds and creating new things and innovating and even pushing forward. We can talk about things like artificial intelligence and how all of that stuff plays in with intuition. So there's, there's some really big discussions about where intuition can take us. And I think we're going to get there step by step. Tonight we're talking with Kim Chesney. We're talking about her book. It's called Radical Intuition. I want to talk about the different kinds of intuition. I know, Kim, you touched on this uh, prior uh, earlier in our conversation, uh, but you say there are four kinds of intuition. Tell us what they are and what, uh, what the difference between them is. Yeah, so this was part of my whole, uh, you know, the, the process that I was going through trying to really bring together this unified vision of intuition. So there's like one big intuition. So it's like not like there's different kinds of intuition, but there's really different pathways that our intuition can manifest. So, um, you know, the the, the easy way of understanding it is sort of based on the model of the Jungian four cognitive functions, right? If you've ever heard of the Myers-Briggs stuff, that whole thing is based on that. So really knowing that your intuition can speak to you through the four basic ways that you also receive information from the world around you, the normal world around you. Only this time your intuition comes from the inside instead of the outside. So you can learn from your intuition with your body, your mind, your heart, and your spirit. So we look at it in terms of those four pathways and how the feelings you have in your body, how that can convey information to you, or the thoughts and the decisions you make with your mind, how you can have a knowing, or even your, your feelings, how you can feel a calling or have a sense or a gut feeling about something. And then ultimately, you know, the spiritual side of things, you know, kind of the stuff that we were just talking about with really having this connection to 
higher realities and higher levels of awareness. Let's talk about mindfulness and insightfulness. They, I mean, I would have a little bit trouble distinguishing between these things, but uh, obviously they are different and unique. Let's talk about them. Yeah, yeah. So that's one of the things I like. I'm super excited about with this work is talking about mindfulness, right? Because because mindfulness and you know the work of like Eckhart Tolle's Power of Now, things about getting into the present moment, um, being still, you know, unplugging, pulling back from life a little, and getting into that silence. Um, you know, it's become such a popular uh, part of our culture today. You know, we want to be more mindful. We want to be more conscious of the way that we live and the way that we affect the earth and the way that um, we treat each other. And once you get to this place where you're conscious, you know, this kind of comes into this thing I talked about with the three levels of consciousness. You're conscious. You, you, we're walking around in unconsciousness a lot. But we're not really paying attention to the things that we're doing or really thinking about life. But we become conscious when we become mindful. But there's more than just becoming conscious. We can become higher conscious. And that's where intuition comes in. Intuition is this connection to a higher consciousness or super consciousness where all of this sort of impossible information and experience happens. Oh, you're, you're fading in and out a little bit, Kim. I'm not sure if something changed during the break. Oh, okay. all. I mean, it doesn't sound bad, but it's just fading a little bit. Yeah, let me just make sure that my hair's not in the way. <laughs> How's this? Is this any better? That sounds great, actually. It sounds perfect. Okay. Um, so, uh, I, go ahead. Uh, no, I was just saying, I have long hair. I think my hair was laying on the speaker. That'll do it. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, these ideas, uh, I think, have a lot of people could point to parts of their lives where they actually recognize something that would have been... Uh, from intuition, whether it was a warning or whether it was just, just you know, just the idea that someone might call you or whatever it happens to be. These things happen to everybody probably every day. Why do some people ignore them? I don't know. <laughs> I wonder that, too. Like, why do you ignore them? Um, because a lot of times people are afraid. The people are kind of in denial. They're, they're afraid of it. They don't understand what it is. If they believe in that, then it implies a whole sort of part of life that they have to wrap their brains around that, you know, some people just don't really want to look at sometimes. But pretty much all of us have had those moments of, like, you think about someone and they call you the next day or you, um, you know, you just have a sense of something and then it happens. So just these little calling cards, I call them intuition. That's how intuition starts to get through to you in the very beginning. These little moments where it can just, like, slip in between, like, your crazy overthinking mind and, and give you these little moments of knowing that there's something more. So the trick is, you know, when they happen, you know, to honor them and to realize, yeah, this is real. You know, we're connected. You know, something like that just happened to me recently. I just thought of an old friend I hadn't thought of for, geez, 30 years. It wasn't even anybody I knew very well. I just thought of him. And the next day he friended me on Facebook. And I thought, what? What are the chances, <laughs> you know? So it's crazy how we're all connected. It really is. Let's talk about something that's a little bit, uh, kind of, a bit of a curveball in this conversation. But I'm very, very curious as to your thoughts on this. Um, let's talk about alien visitations and telepathic communications. Is okay. this something that's related to intuition? Yes, yes, totally. Like, I've been waiting for somebody to ask me that question. <laughs> 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 because, you know, this is you know, beyond reality radio. We're That's going right. to talk about things oh, beyond reality, right? We, we talk about aliens a lot on this program. <laughs> that is not a topic that is foreign to this show. <laughs> well, yeah, 
Yeah, you know, because it's one of those things that, you know, it, it is really when we start thinking ahead, when we start thinking about those really, you know, the big questions of where intuition can take us and what it's capable of. And, I mean, think about people who, you know, if you've known anyone who's had an experience, you know, with an alien or extraterrestrial or, or you know, have really witnessed anything like this, so often we hear about these psychic connections or these telepathic connections. That's right. So, right? You know, so I really, you know, my experience in my life from, and my world is that, you know, this is, this is the language. Intuition is the universal language, the language of the gods, so to speak, the language of all beings, almost the language that unites all living creatures. So, you know, when we learn to develop and open our intuition, I feel like that's how when we really truly, you know, start to connect with alien life and that becomes something that's more real, that that is the way. It's not going to be through words or English or picking a language. It's going to be through intuition. I, I'm sure everyone at some point has seen some science fiction movie of the future where, you know, we aren't using our mouths and voices anymore. We're using uh, some type of mental communication between uh, each other. Uh, is that what this future holds for us? Yeah, I mean, I, 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 I mean, I guess you could think long term in terms of evolution. Well, I mean, mm-hmm. we're always going to need to like eat and stuff, right? Well, so, we'll eat. I just, <laughs> but as far as stuff. verbal communication, it's more of a telepathic thing. I do think that yeah, with time, we're going as we get more connected and we get more unified in our intuition, that we'll have that ability to know things and connect with people without words. So I, I do think that that's. Um, part of our growth, but I don't think you know it necessarily has to completely replace speech. But it really will break down a lot of the walls between us. So you know, we also have all had an experience where we've walked into a room, and immediately we sense an energy in that room, whether it's somebody's angry, or you know, it could be one of a, a hundred different things. Uh, but it's all this energy that we sense immediately. You don't even have to see the people that are in the room, and you don't even have to see their faces. Mm-hmm. You just sense it. Mm-hmm. Is that intuition? Absolutely, absolutely. Because uh, you know, that's part of what I would call physical intuition. So that's when your body is reacting to other physical input, like. That energy from that room, if someone's just had an argument or even, you know, even if everybody's acting like everything's okay, but like it really wasn't, like your intuition not only knows that because your intuition knows what happened, because intuition all, all knows everything, but you also on a physical level actual, actually feel that energy, like empathetically you feel that energy. So, yeah, your intuition's going to be speaking to you on a number of levels to say, okay, things aren't quite what they seem right now. Kim, we talked about aliens. What about something that's a little bit more, um, pro- what's the word, maybe endearing to people, something like angelic visitations? A lot of people talk about having met angels or, or actually dreaming about angels and getting messages that turn out to be um, prophetic in some way or precognitive in some way. Um, is this connected to what we're talking about tonight? 100%. 100%. Um, I, this, that's been one of the areas that I've been truly... Um, dedicated to throughout my life because I've had many experiences myself along those lines. And so these are, you know, were part of the things that I had to learn to understand. And, you know, I think there's a lot of different forms of life that we, that we don't fully understand right now. And we can put labels on them like aliens or angels or spirits. Um, but the reality is, you know, we live in a world, some people call it like a simulation. You might think of it like a simulation where we live in a world where we can 
perceive with the senses that we were given, our five senses, but also, you know, another sort of intuitive sense as well. But beyond what we can see, there are all kinds of life forms, um, all kinds of energetic forms uh, of, of awareness and consciousness. And there are times when certain energy, certain beings are able to cross over that threshold and communicate with us. And they can do it without revealing themselves or they can do it with, re- with revealing themselves. So it really becomes something that is our connection to this really high, higher divine part of ourselves. The um, idea that we can all connect to one another um, it, it offers some hope and maybe even some encouragement that we can all actually get along a little better. I mean, can we tap this energy to get along a little better than we do right now? Yeah, I really, I really think so. I think that, you know, the underlying message of intuition is unity, um, that, you know, we, the minds are many, but intuition is one, and it connects all of us to truth. And, you know, the truth is speaks for itself. The the truth stands on its own. It's not something that's relative. So if we're all connected to truth, even though we're all so different and unique and we have these subjective experiences of life at our core, we have one common truth. And that is what connects us ultimately beyond all the labels, beyond all the divisions. And the more we all become intuitive and open up to our intuitive nature, the more we're going to realize how much more we have in common than we think. Um, you know, it wasn't that long ago, and there's still some of this, there's still remnants of this, where ideas like, you know, psychic connections or talking to uh, those that have deceased, uh, you know, these 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 more spiritual things were actually considered to be quite taboo. And in fact, in some ways, you know, the labels like witch was th- were thrown around, you know, these, they really had a negative connotation. I don't think it's quite that severe today, but there's still some of that. What do you say to somebody who says, whatever you're doing here is hocus pocus and, and we shouldn't have any part in it? You know, like all the trolls that I, that I meet. And I'm on sure you meet media. plenty. Yeah, I'm sure you meet a lot of them. <laughs> yeah, you know, I, I do. Like, well, welcome to my world. Uh, this, is, this has been something that I have been sort of struggling against my whole life. You know, being born on Halloween doesn't help either. Oh, wow. Yeah, <laughs> well, which thing. well, happy birthday rather recently. <laughs> yes, almost. Just, just a few days ago. So, yeah. Um, so, yeah. So, I have one, one of my, my big mission in life when I, I talk about normalizing intuition is I've, I've been, like, sort of on this crusade to help um, people understand that it's, it's not something that needs to be on the fringe. It's not something that needs to be scary or a cult. You know, it. But we've been afraid of it. I think people have been afraid of it for so long, and we've been taught to be afraid of it because the powers that be know that if we, if we the people, understand our intuition and use our intuition, we'll, it will be harder to control us. So I really feel like this was in some ways, you know, a calculated move at some point in time from the powers that be to let us, to disempower us, honestly, to disempower us from our truth and our power and because governments everywhere, you want to t- talk about, you know, that, governments all around the world throughout histi- history have employed intuition, have, have known and dedicated resources to intuition in psychics. But, um, you know, we're still told in the zeitgeist of the time that, oh, it's not real or it's scary or stay away from it. 
Yeah, I mean, you know, we, we know that, that particularly the U.S. government has engaged in a lot of these practices and experimented with them. Uh, one of those things is like remote viewing. Mm-hmm. Is that to say that the government understands the power of this? I think so. I think so. You know, you're you're talking about uh, Project Stargate and all the stuff that happened yeah. around that um, over the last couple of decades, and I really strongly feel that you know they they got good results. It it you know it seems like they got results, and they spent like twenty million dollars on that project for like twenty years. And if you're not getting some results, you're not going to invest that kind of time and money to something that isn't working. And for anyone who's tried remote viewing out there, I mean, you've probably realized how much easier it is than you think. One of the, the, the things that we do in Intuition Lab, my, my intuition school, is we do remote viewing. And, and people are like, oh, my God, I just did that. Like, it's crazy how, how it's actually a lot easier to do remote viewing than you, than you actually realize. Tell me more about Intuition Lab. So, yeah. So, in 2017, I decided I wanted to start um, really kind of hacking intuition. So, that's why I, I came up with this idea of Intuition Lab, because... It was a place to explore intuition and, and practice it, but, you know, also honor it and, and kind of bring it into this normal place in life. Because, yeah, we haven't been taught to use our intuition. We've just been taught to use our rational minds. So I wanted to start this movement to counterbalance it and ignite this side of our thinking and really work with people. And We've worked in groups and we have cohorts and we do all kind of practices together to try and kind of push the limits of our intuition and see how far it can take us. You know, as you continue to do this work, does it does it amaze you more every day, or have you seen it all? Oh no, it's it amazes me more every day, and it's it's the, it's so gratifying. Nothing is more gratifying when you know someone will write you and they'll be like, "Oh my gosh, this happened," and I finally my intuition is just totally proved itself to me and tells me some amazing story. And you know, it never gets old because intuition always finds these like really amazing ways to to validate itself and to create these scenarios that are just seemingly impossible, yet they happen. Another thing that um, you talk about is intuitive consciousness. Is this different than intu- intuition? Well, uh, no, I would, you know, I kind of look, like look at those levels of intuitive consciousness as mm-hmm. different levels of mm-hmm. intuition. Like if you're, if you're in an unconscious place, you're sort of, you don't have a lot of intuitive consciousness, you know, but we want to rise into that place of higher intuitive consciousness, because that's where all the information is. I figured this out, like, earlier on when I was younger, and I, I put this, I put the connection together that I started having all these, you know, spiritual experiences that would just kind of happen, and then I was writing in my journal, and I realized that they always happened on days where I had really good days. It didn't have to be anything in particular, like, spiritual or anything. I was just happy. I was just in a good place. And it occurred to me that, you know, eventually over time, I realized that it had something to do with the fact that I was in a higher vibe. I was in a place where I was feeling good, my vibe was up, and it allowed me to connect to this kind of higher energy that when you're feeling low or busy or drained, you don't have access to. We all have this within us, but as we talked about earlier, we're not all sure how to recognize when our intuition is working on our behalf, and we don't all know how to look for ways to improve our ability to access it, understand it, and uh, use it to our benefit. How do we start? Well, yeah, that's a really great question, and it's really the most important question, because no matter where you are in your life, your intuition is always there waiting to help you go to the next level. So whether you've been using intuition your whole life, you're naturally intuitive, or whether you're just like 
you know, dipping your foot in the pool of this whole intuition thing and you don't think you're intuitive at all, your intuition is right there where you are. You know, you don't have to go get a PhD to learn how to use it. It's right there reaching out to you to take this next first step. And for so many of us, that first step is, you know, I alluded to it earlier, is slowing down, is spending more time alone with yourself. You know, artists are always so intuitive. You always hear about artists being so, it's because they're alone and they spend time alone with their self. And they, so they're opening up this space where this inspiration and these ideas and these epiphanies and these intuitive insights can drop in. So the first thing I tell people to do is to try and create a little bit more white space in your life, spend more time on your own, and really start to create an environment where insight can come to you. So that means just whether it's going for a walk or a run or a hike or taking a bath or, just, or meditating. You know, you know, some people don't like to meditate, but if you like meditating, that's a great way to do it too. So really opening up space for insight. And then working with some of the exercises that I go through in the book, I give out a number of exercises. And I also have my website have a little booklet. It's a free download if you guys want to go check it out. It's a wake up your intuition guide. <laughs> It'll kind of go through all this stuff and you can print it out. It's 12 pages. And it really tells you the steps that you can take to kind of just kind of ignite that awakening process with your intuition. We've all heard of phrases like women's intuition or mother's intuition. I've never heard dad's intuition ever. <laughs> is there anything about this that is easier for a, 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 a woman versus a man, male versus female? Is there any difference? <laughs> you know, intuition is gender fluid, despite what they say. It, <laughs> it's, it's for everybody. Um, and it's really funny because I think we've, you know, I had a whole conversation with someone about uh, women's intuition the other day. And, you know, they're like, well, did, was it just called women's intuition because, you know, they had more time, they didn't have to go out and work, and they were home. They had more, but they had more of that open space for their intuition to come in. So maybe they could just hear their intuition better. But I don't know how it happened, but somewhere along the way, I, maybe it's because we're, you know, generally more sensitive. Um, we got this, this idea of women's intuition. But if you look back in history, some of the biggest proponents of intuition have been men. Einstein. Einstein, like probably the number one proponent of intuition. Man, Paramahansa Yogananda, Steve Jobs, Stephen Hawking even talks about intuition. A lot of these scientists now are talking a lot about intuition. So it is something for everyone. Sometimes, you know, men just have a little more trouble opening up to it because it is it's receptive. You know, it's not like I'm going to go figure it out. It just shows up and it just gives you information. So, yeah, it's, it's for everybody. I have to I have to be honest with you. Um, I have psychics on the program a lot. I've got uh, uh, empaths on the program a lot, and we talk about these sensitivities. And every single person I talk to uh, talks about the fact that this is within everyone. Everyone has the ability to access this. And I say the same thing every time, and I'm going to say it to you as well. I feel like I'm about as sensitive as a brick. I don't recognize any of those sensitivities at all i'm really good at math kim but i am no good at at feeling this stuff why do i feel like i'm so isolated from these uh abilities well it's so funny you sound like my husband he uh he comes from <laughs> intelligence he works in cybersecurity. he's all like about you know technology and when we met you know it's like like oil and water here 
And he was sure he didn't have any intuition. He's always my hardest student. Whenever I roll out, like, a new practice, I always do it on him first because I know that, like, he will give me the most trouble and be the most difficult just, just to, like, prove a point. <laughs> but now, after all these years, now all of a sudden, with all this time and attention, I think it really is just about making space and me, like, forcing him to do some of these things. Now he's, like, all into intuition. He's going out taking all these big, like, science tests, and he's like, I just used my intuition, and I aced it, you know, so I'm like, wow. great, so I think for you, um, that, you know, if you, if you make the space to do it, you know, put, carve a little time out of your day, and put a little attention on opening intuition, it'll come. Uh, so I'm, what I'm hearing you say, try it, you'll like it, all the cool kids are doing it. That's it. That's right. See, no, that's social conditioning. I can't say that. <laughs> so help me, help me understand. Help the audience understand here. What is a, what is a, what is different between somebody uh, somebody's life before recognizing, accepting, and working on these things, and then after? How does their life change? Yeah, yeah. Really good question. So when you're when you're in those times in your life, and we've all been in those times, those kind of like dark nights of the soul. When you're like, just your life doesn't feel like it's working out the way you want it to, like the doors are closing, you're like, your relationships aren't quite working out the way you want it to, there's stress. These are all indications that you're not living aligned with your intuition. And if you look back on your life, you'll see that, you know, some of the choices you made, you know, may have not been, you know, the smartest choices or may not be the most intuitive choices. But that's not saying we're not learning from them because we can always learn. We can learn the easy way or we can learn the hard way. And the thing that's good about intuition is intuition shows us how to learn the easy way. So, you know, for example, if, you know, we're, we meet someone new and we have a relationship with them, even though a part of us knows that they're not really good for us, but we stay with them anyway, um, you know, we kind of end up getting into a rut. Things don't work out. You end up going through a breakup, but you've really learned a lot about yourself along the way. You know, that is taking the long way to get to somewhere. If you had learned that thing about yourself up front and said, you know what, this isn't something, this isn't an energy I want in my life right now. I'm, I'm, I love myself. I have a better calling than this. And I'm going to choose this different calling. We would have made that choice up front, following our intuition from the beginning. You know, we would have saved ourselves some trouble. So um, it's really a matter of, you know, realigning with our intuition when we're in those dark places and, we're in those places of frustration because when you're aligned with your intuition, the doors start to open. You start to have, you know, more connections and, that are positive in your life. And, and really everything starts to come together in a, in a way that's aligned with who you are, right? So it's really the discovery of who you really are instead of trying on all these different people that you're not. We're talking tonight with Kim Chesney. Her book is called Radical Intuition. Where's the book available, Kim? get it anywhere you can get it on my website you can get it on amazon in bookstores you name it i want to talk for a minute about uh, your book the psychic workshop that was your first book is that right yeah um were you a practicing psychic is that how you you, you decided to write this book well it, you know it's actually a really funny story um so i was actually this was part of my my research phase when i was trying to figure out why I, how i had all these experiences and how they were possible and i was working with these mediums, and I was in a psychic development group for a couple of years, and I met a really wonderful woman there. She was, um, she was, a, she was about 60 years old. She was just like a regular blue-collar working woman, and 
she had psychic powers out the wazoo. Like, I would never, it was amazing. And one day she came up to me, and we were practicing on each other. We were using our intuition with each other, and she said, you know, Kim, you're going to be writing a book. And I'm like, what? I was like, I wasn't, I was working as a designer then. I wasn't even thinking about writing a book. And I was actually kind of felt, I was kind of mad when I went home because, like, usually, like, when we do these intuition exchanges, like, she gives me, like, really cool insight or sometimes she would talk to my, like, grandmother who passed and I really wanted to get some juicy insights from her. And she just told me this thing about this book and I had no intention of writing a book. And, but I got home that night and my mom had left a message and she said, oh, I think you should write a, you should write a book. I'm writing a book. You should help me get it published. I was like, okay. So I'm like, I'll help you get it published. That must have been what she was talking about. So didn't end up working out for my mom, but I thought during the whole process, well, maybe I'll just put out some ideas for a book. And within two weeks, I had a book deal and I had the Psychic Shore Workshop out within a year. Oh, wow. Yeah, so it was crazy. And that was a good book deal for back then. You know, it was, it was a real, like, really, it was a really solid book. And, and it just literally fell in my lap. So I can't take any credit for it other than the fact that it was just, like, intuitively brought to me. <laughs> <laughs> um, some of the best things apparently are intuitively yeah. brought to us, aren't they? They come to us, exactly. Um, what, how, how do people uh, progress from there? You've, you've offered some suggestions on how people can start to do this, but is this something they need to work on every day if they want to get better at it? Do you need to meditate every day? Do you need to create that white space in your life every day for this to work properly and to help you the way you've, uh, you've explained that it can? Yeah, well, I mean, it's not like we have to sit down and create a giant ritual around it because I know everyone is busy and we have lives. It's wonderful if you can. If you can... Set out an hour a day to do a practice whether you're with your exercise, to do, you know, working out physically, mentally, spiritually. If you can integrate in that, that is wonderful. The more time you can give to it, the better. Um, if you can meditate, if you have 10 minutes to do a quick meditation, five minutes before bed, all wonderful ways to do it. But none of that is necessary. So think about, you know, our intuition was meant to work with us naturally, right? So... It really it comes down to a point of once we get it up and running and we know what it is and we pay attention to it, we really can help it by feeding it with that attention and with acknowledging it and honoring it and following it. That's the most important part. You know, we do want to make that space. We definitely want to try to live quieter, calmer, more mindful lifestyles. That's very important. Um, but all of that kind of stuff together, you know, put together with this process of, learning to recognize and trust our intuition, that's the key thing. Then we can just start to use it naturally. It just, it, just, it just functions naturally in the background, and you can use it all the time. Kim, we've talked a lot about your book here. Your website has some other things on it. What can people find? I know you do some private uh, training and stuff. What can people find if they go to the website? Yeah, well, right now we are getting ready to launch this Global Intuition Summit, which has some really cool speakers like I kind of alluded to before, talking about artificial intelligence, and then we have Hollywood producers and artists and all kind of people who aren't your usual suspects talking about intuition. So it's a free 10-day intuition. I call it the Wake Up Your Intuition event because it really is like 10 days to, you know, we have practices and we have little readings from the book and little workshops and, and talks from some of these people to help you really kind of open to your own intuition. And so if you've ever wanted like a free 10-day intuition experience. You can go there and sign up now. It's a great time to do it. 
Um, it's really got a lot of information to really kind of jumpstart your intuition. Uh, it sounds like you have your hands full, but I'm going to ask you this anyway. Any other projects, other books in the works that we should be keeping our eyes out for in the future? Um, right now, I'm just focusing on getting this yeah. one off the ground. And <laughs> but yeah, I, I have definitely have some ideas percolating, but no, nothing is is ready to go to the press just yet. And and tell me once again, the, the I see the private training headline or heading on your website. Do you offer private consultations for this? I do. Yeah. So at Intuition Lab, we you know the classes, the online classes we have, uh, we have a big class opening in January. Um, so it's a six-week program that's really immersive, and you can work with me directly on those. And then I also offer private training. So, you know, sometimes I've run into people who really just want to, you know, they have some experiences they want to work through and questions they want to work through, and, and I can work privately with people on that. And um, it's really, you know, it's a great way to, to get information that you can't usually get anywhere else. And the book is available, uh, I think you said, on Amazon. Um, yeah, people can everywhere. find links through your website and stuff. And uh, Kim, it's been a fantastic and enlightening discussion. Thanks so much for spending the time with us tonight. Oh, thanks for having me. It's been great. Beyond Reality Paranormal is hosted by J.V. Johnson and produced by Orion Palmer and Slick Eddie Edwards. Like us on Facebook and subscribe to our YouTube channel. Please consider supporting the program either through your podcast platform, click on the link in the description, or on Patreon at Joha Productions. If you'd like to be a guest on Beyond Reality Paranormal or you have a recommendation for a guest, contact our producer, Slick Eddie Edwards. Eddie is spelled with a Y at slickeddieedwards at gmail.com.